Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It is Friday, April 30th, 2021. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, we've got the latest on the drama between House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy and House Conference Chair Liz Cheney. Hint, hint, it's not going anywhere good anytime soon. Number two, negotiations are continuing on police reform. And number three, the Biden administration has moved into sell mode when it comes to his big infrastructure package. All right, Jake, let's move to the first story of the day. Liz Cheney, Kevin McCarthy, we have been covering this now for quite a while. The drama that doesn't just can't seem to go away. Where, what's the latest? Yeah, listen, um, you know, this is drama that the leadership probably doesn't need, but a lot of people have begun asking themselves and asking each other and asking, you know, anybody they could talk to uh, that. What is Liz Cheney up to here? Um, she continues to poke Trump in our in our. And you, if you're on if you're listening to this now, you can go back onto your feed and listen to our interview yesterday with Cheney um, in which she said she's eager in some way to campaign on her impeachment vote (laughs) to explain her impeachment, her vote to impeach Donald Trump to the very deep Republican electorate in Wyoming. You know, we're not going to pretend, Anna, I think I'll speak for you too here, that we know what's going to happen in the primary because we don't. We have no clue what's going to happen in her primary. But what we do know is that the most of the Republican conference, which she is supposed to represent as a leader of the Republican conference, did not vote (laughs) to impeach Donald Trump and are not terribly interested in having one of their leaders so eager to talk about impeaching Donald Trump. I mean, don't you think the big thing here, too, is her role is supposed to, I think, for people to zoom out a little bit, you know, her role within the leadership is supposed to really be a messaging um, unit for the entire Republican conference. And this is, to your point directly, this is not the message that they want to be focused on right now. I mean, you hear privately Republicans say she's focused more on January 6th than Democrats are. Let me rephrase, Anna. They don't want to talk about Donald Trump and his role on January 6th ever, ever. And they didn't, they didn't want to talk about it then. They don't want to talk about it now. And not only is it a messaging role, but she is the most, I mean, she has made herself an issue for members. I mean, I've seen fundraising appeals from primary challengers saying, you know, vote out Congressman X because um, they stand with Liz Cheney. <laughs> that's that's not that, that once that is happening, you're in trouble. Um, and I don't know. Listen, I don't know what um, I don't know how this resolves itself, whether there will there will be another snap election. I, I do think there will be, frankly. Um, and I, and there's already been one snap election that Liz Cheney won. Um, and, and I don't know that there won't be another one. One more point here. She sees this as larger than, uh, a fight about Trump. She sees this as a fight about, uh, uh, the soul of the party. She doesn't care. She doesn't seem to, according to people around her, care if she gets booted out of leadership. So, you know, uh, Again, don't know how this is going to resolve itself. It's a very, very, it's a very um, volatile situation, to say the least. And just one interesting thought, you know, this weekend is the big NRCC retreat down in Key Biscayne, Florida. One person who's going to be missing from that, Liz Cheney. All right, let's move on to the number two story of the day. Negotiations are continuing on police reform. Uh, I think it's important to just note that when these negotiations are happening and they happen in fits and starts earlier this week, we said, you know, there was a lot of talk, but not any action. 
action. And now it seems as though there has been a shift. And these kind of small shifts are important because all of a sudden in the last 24 hours, we see some real prospects of bipartisanship here. Yeah, you know, I these things kind of float or sway with the wind, so to speak. Um, so let's level set and say that police reform needs to happen according to both parties. Um, I would say if you did just a blind ballot of whether police laws need to be reformed, I think it would win in a in a in a vote. So a few signs that are hopeful to us is that you know I think that. Both parties are in the room and saying that they trust one another. They have been talking for months, and that's a good sign. They're they're leaving the room, and they've said that they've hand they handed much of the policy to staff, which is a really good sign. Means it's moving beyond. That means they've probably come to a conclusion of what the general direction of a policy is, and then the staff has to work out language and things of that nature. Um, you know, it's it's. This could go either way at the end of the day, but um, it looks hopeful at this point. It does look hopeful at this point. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, the, to your point, I, I think hopeful, but there's some really thorny issues here. I think when you look at what the staff is now going to have to kind of really figure out what, you know, what, what's in the details here, it's going to be qualified immunity, no-knock warrants. Um, you know, it's going to be things that are are going to be around mental health programs, which might be easier to find some agreement to. But a lot of these negotiations are going to continue over the next week. As you said, the goal is to have a bill by May 25th. That's pretty short timeline for a package that has not gone very far in previous Congresses. But also having a deadline forces them in some ways toward a, a decision point. I'll play I'll play devil's advocate on one point here. Um and I agree with everything you said, but in some way I think that their failure the last Congress to get something done helps it here because they they they've they're kind of they've kind of gone down the road a little bit and they've they they know the issues at play. Um and they I just think it, it helped lay the groundwork for this. Sometimes it takes a couple of Congresses to get an issue through, and, and all the leaders have their their best or not literally their best, but some of their best members in the room. Karen Bass, hugely respected, could be speaker, could be senator, who knows? Tim Scott, who basically, no matter what he says, 85% of House of Senate Republicans are going to go with him. And um, uh, Cory Booker, who is just broadly considered a super serious and 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 uh, very skilled legislator and thinker in the party. So three incredibly well-respected, incredibly smart people. And and by the way, that's kind of what you need in a situation like this, Anna. You need people that that when they say, "Listen, I've spent a lot of time on this on this topic. This is good. This is what we need to be doing, and you need to follow me." That is super important, or else, you know, as John Boehner likes to say, "A leader without followers is a man taking a walk." All right, let's move on to the number three story of the morning. Joe Biden made his pitch to the country earlier this week for his massive infrastructure plan and what he sees as the future of this country, which includes massive spending. Now we are seeing the Biden administration move into cell mode, go out and deploy across the country to try and get the American public behind this. 
Yeah, look at where they all are this the today on a Friday. We have the the first lady and the president in Philadelphia giving a speech at a train station. Kamala Harris in Cincinnati doing a roundtable. Uh, second gentleman Doug Emhoff in um, and I'm going to stick with Doug Anna. I'm sorry. Oh, go crazy! I'm not going crazy here. I'm not going to Douglas. I think Doug is hip. It's fresh. I mean, let's just I'm call sure it what it is. He's taking notes. <laughs> let's just call it what it is. I'm sticking with Doug. Um, so, uh, he's in Raleigh, North Carolina with, uh, secretary, transportation secretary, Pete Buttigieg, uh, who we'll have a conversation with next week. Uh, um, so sign up, look out for the invite. Um, so, you know, listen, they, they are literally talking about this wherever they go at every opportunity they have. So, um, that's what you need to do, right? You, and people in the in the in the Trump era always used to say, "Well, how do we get the public around a plan, or how do we help get something into law?" It's just relentless messaging, right? It's relentlessly making something inevitable. Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks so much for listening. Happy Friday. Hit that subscribe button. Leave us a rating and review. You can also subscribe to Punchbowl News at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.